This is the second episode of the Dissolving the Ego series. In the first episode, we spoke about our original face. Today, we will speak about what we've become, the false ego. Now, what is the ego? A lot of people will ask the question, what is the ego? They think of ego just being egotistical, so being arrogant, you know, being self-righteous and so forth and so on. But the ego actually is the identity, the persona system in Eastern spirituality. It is the sense of self, the sense of agency. It is all of this conditioning that we've accumulated through the socialization process. So the ego basically is the byproduct of the socialization process. So from a very young age, we start to endure this socialization process. We all do. We go through the socialization process from as young as five, when we are fully conscious. But it also begins a bit before that because our subconscious is completely turned on between one and four, but we still have our childlike innocence. We're still connected more to the source at that young age. But then as we go through the years, especially through education, the ego is developing. We are accumulating the conditioning of our culture, of our religion, through our families, through what society says is acceptable. So we are accumulating all of this without even knowing anything about it. We're not taught this from a young age. And the great Eastern traditions, especially within Sanatana Dharma, Hinduism, they used to teach the children from a young age about the false ego and how to overcome it and return to the original face, to the Atman, if you will. And so the false ego is the accumulative set of knowledge that has become our identity. Now, not just psychologically, also physically. Our ego becomes the type of body we are, the type of race we are, the type of height we are, the type of weight we are, becomes our identity. And this is all illusory. That's the false ego. That's the identification with the body-mind matrix. And so the false ego is that which you truly aren't. It's just what you've become. It's the outer layer of your original face, the uncarved block, if you will, the Atman, if you will. It's become the outer layer. As they say in a lot of occult knowledge, they say you need to peel the, the layers of the onion away to realize your true self. And that's true. That metaphor is true. That's what we need to do through the spiritual process. And so the ego becomes an obstacle on the spiritual path for all of us because it's so hard to overcome. And just when we think we've overcame our ego, it slips under the door maybe with an emotional response to somebody, maybe with a certain piece of news that evokes a strong, intense anger. This is still the ego. Think about this. How many things trigger within you a sense of anger or hatred within the day or annoy you? This is the ego. Those acts of anger and hatred are built on separation which is the essence of the ego. The ego is a byproduct of separation. It is the child of maya. Maya here means the illusion of separation, the illusion of measurement. Ego measures reality according to this and that based on the conditioning it has gone through, the socialization process that it has gone through. That is what the ego is. And so the ego is constantly dissecting between what is good or bad, what it likes or dislikes according to its conditioning. So it has a partial view. 
Its lens is partial. It superimposes its own view of reality onto the pure nature of reality. And that's not the way nature truly is. That's only the nature according to the ego. And all of our egos are different. All of our egos go through a certain socialization process and conditioning and culture and so forth and so on. And then we believe that's who we truly are. And it's not who we truly are. It's only what we've become according to a process. It's not our original face. It can never be our original face. It's a poor substitute. And so the ego's nature is inherently separate. It's inherently dual. As opposed to the original face, its nature is inherently non-dual. Its inherent nature is oneness, wholeness. Because the ego is a limited structure. It's a fabrication. The identity is a fabrication. And when I say me, mine, I, this is an expression of limitation. You are dissecting the world according to the way you see the world. So the ego is fundamentally limited. And then everything from the false ego is then based on protection and security. So we create the tribes that we accumulate with. We create the in-groups and out-groups that we think are acceptable. And this is all violent and illusory. We believe that freedom is within security. Freedom is within protection, but it's not. Division is insecurity. As soon as you identify as a self as opposed to others, or as a group as opposed to other groups, then you are fundamentally operating from a place of insecurity. It's in division itself that creates insecurity, not security. We thought that security was within division, but it's not. That's what creates all the violence and insecurity in the world when we have division. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? And it's all based on millions and billions of egos trying to control the reality according to the way they see it. This is where all violence and conflict and wars and discord come from. And so we need to realize our ego and we need to understand that it is a virus within us that needs to be cleansed. Because the original face is always there. The ego, as I said, is a covering. It's like a pair of sunglasses that we're looking at reality through. We just need to take the glasses off. And so every action and reaction you have in the world is determined by the ego because your actions and reactions are according to your conditioning. Does that mean you wouldn't react or act from the original face? No, that's not what I'm saying. Because from that place, from the original face, you will act with uwei, with a sense of effortless action, a sense of intelligent spontaneity, a sense of zen being immediate and appropriate to each and every situation because you don't have to think about the situation. Or there's a cup falling off the table, you go to grab the cup. You don't have to have an emotion about it or you don't need to analyze about it. You just act immediately and appropriately to each and every situation from the original face. But from the ego, you act from emotions and feelings and identity and conditioning, which warps your ability to act and react in a pure way. So you act with hesitancy not immediacy. You inhibit your action by hesitating. So you have a mind of deliberation. Where in Zen, we need to have the mind of no deliberation. And so the ego is going to always be a problem on the spiritual path. It's just a matter of how sincere you are on actually analyzing your ego, understanding it and its little idiosyncrasies. 
and doing the spiritual work, not to eradicate the ego, but to come back and abide in your original face. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.